Welcome to The Verbal Gym. I'm your host, Dan Green. If it's your first time joining us, The Verbal Gym is a place where we break down the hustle and the hard work that is required to pursue a career in stand-up comedy. My guest today is a comedian, writer, and actor who performs regularly at the Improv, Laugh Factory, and the Comedy Store when they're open. Lionel <laughs> Dalton, welcome to The Verbal Gym. Oh, man, thanks for having me, Dan, man. What's up, buddy? What's up? <laughs> not much, man, not much. Great that to was see funny. you, mate. It was funny. He was like, when they open, <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. Mate, it, it, it's starting to shake out a little bit out here. I think maybe a couple more months and we'll be back in business, I think. Yeah, you know what? Some stores is open now, man. I rode past Glendale, man. They was out there having a good old time. <laughs> I lie. Everybody, I, I, I'm starting to think like, what? Corona, Corona is not allowed to come outside because everybody eating outside now. You know what's going on? Corona is still inside, huh? You can't. You can catch it inside, but not outside. Dude, Google Florida and Texas, and it'll drive you nuts living out in LA. Go. Apparently, it doesn't exist anywhere else except here. Exactly. Well, I went to Atlanta, man. I was in Atlanta uh, for like a, for like a week, and Atlanta they they having a good old time, man. <laughs> well, where are you from originally, mate? And when did you come out to LA? Originally, I'm from Philadelphia, born and raised. Philly, Philly, what's up, Philly? See, I got you. See, I got my Phillies on, man. Oh, you can't see it. This is, okay, okay, what you said. <laughs> I see. Uh, yeah, I came out to LA in uh, 2008. Okay. Cool, man. Was, uh, was was that a comedy-motivated move, or did you come out here to do something else? You, you know what, man? Back in back in Philadelphia growing up, uh, I was always funny in the barbershop because that's my life. I, I spent half of my life since I was from, from, uh, from like, 13, 14-year-old up to, uh, let's say, 28. All those years I spent in the barbershop. So I was, I was always funny in the barbershop, but I didn't know anything about comedy. I... I well, I knew about it, but I didn't knew that I could actually pursue it. So I started acting in Philly. So as I was acting in Philly, uh, but bef but before I, before I came to Philly, it was a comedian named Javon Pearson. Shout out to shout out to Javon Pearson. He's from Philly, and he knew that I was like one of those guys in the barbershop that I had all the jokes, and he was a professional comedian. So. He took me to the comedy club and I shadowed him, just watched him perform, but I never had a desire to get on stage. So when I came to LA in 2008, so let's say 2010, a lot of my friends were like, you funny, you need to try stand-up comedy. So I didn't start professionally until like 2010. So my original plan was just to come to LA for acting. That's cool, man, that's cool. I almost, I almost moved to Philly. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I came out here in 2001 uh, to play professional rugby or semi-professional rugby. Okay. And I had a, an offer to play in, in Houston and in Philly. Mm -hmm. and, I, and see, here's how smart these people are. The, the Houston people took me to New Orleans for a good time. And I called up the Philly people. And they said, yeah, we're going to take you down to New York. And I went, what about Philly? And I said, oh, we'll get to Philly. I was like, no, no, no. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Yeah, Philly, Philly is a rough spot, man. Not too many people say, all right, I'm moving to Philly. But one thing about Philly, man, is like when you're born and raised there, man, it's very historic, man, and, and, and it shapes you, man. It made me who I am today. So, man, you know, it's, it's not – Philly is a – once you get inside and you – the food is incredible, man. You know, it's you know you got the art museum. You got a lot of stuff going on in Philly. So, man, Philly would have loved you, bro. 
Yeah, I think they would have, man. I've, I've, I've been there once and I had a great, old, a great time. Mate, I, I first met you uh, at the Laugh Factory when I first got here out here in 2019. Uh, okay. then, I, then I found out you were working up at the store. Right. And it was, for me, it was super cool to see someone who was working up there getting those opening, opening slots on the original room lineup. Right. How, did that, how did that come about for you? Yo, man, the, it's, 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 I, it's, it's all in God's hands, man. It's, it's nothing but God. I'm going to tell you why it's, why it's nothing but God. The first time I ever did stand-up comedy live on stage, it was at the comedy store. And I used to go up to the comedy store, and there was a guy named Tommy. And Tommy was the, uh, he was the booker. And I just seen him. I just seen him in the parking lot. I said, hey, it's my first time doing comedy. I would love to come up and perform. And this was in 2010. And he was like, all right, well, come on a Monday. So I went on a Monday, and it was like I did a good job. And what was so crazy was that was my first time doing it. So when people was laughing, I actually stayed on stage longer than what I was supposed to stay on stage for. <laughs> I was so nervous. I didn't even know where the light was at. I'm talking about, I, I think I did about like six minutes and I was supposed to do three. You just run the shit out of it on your rookie run. My, it was a rookie. I didn't know where the light was at, man. I was so nervous. <laughs> but I was so happy that people was laughing. So it was like, oh, I'm doing this. But I didn't understand the profession. And I remember Tommy came up to me. He's like, what are you doing? You ain't supposed to stay on stage that long. I said, yo, it was my first time. I had no idea. I didn't know. He's, <laughs> and he thought I was bullshitting. <laughs> So the first time I did it, I got laughs, man. But I just kept going back. You know how you got the, the comedy store got the open mics? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Every Monday, every Monday. So I think I tried out for the open mic, let's say, uh, years at a time, man. I'm talking about at least, at least from 2010 all the way up to, let's say, let's say 2020, uh, 2019, 2019 or 2020. I kept doing open mic, kept doing open mics. So one time I said, you know what? I want to. I really want to get good. So I stayed away from the comedy store open mic until I kind of got like a five-minute good set. And then when I got the opportunity to audition for Adam, shout out to Adam, man. Adam was a, a man. Is a credit man. He's an amazing guy, man. Adam seen me perform, and he was like, everybody was laughing. He was like, oh my god, you're funny. And he's like, yo, come back next week. That's awesome. That really is awesome, man. Mm -hmm. Was there, a, was there a, a light bulb moment that went off in your head where you realized, this is what I want. This is, this is, I'm good at this shit. This is what I want to do. Comedy is in my blood. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I had, I had a lot of great shows, man. I had, I had a lot of great shows. But I will say, when... I'm, when, when I was at the comedy store, that was a big moment for me when I had everybody in the audience laughing and Adam and, and the booker of the comedy store. And, you know, he's I don't talk to nobody, really. It's like Adam just <laughs> met, like, he's I like can't even understand. He's like the, sphinx, like the sphinx in the back of the room. He just doesn't move. You, you, you know, come on, Dan, yeah. you know, it's, it's, man, his position is amazing. And when he called me off stage... And he was like, "Come here." It felt like uh, what was that? What was that talk show? The talk show back in the day when when you do good and they bring you on. They bring you on. Uh, what's that? What show? It's, it's definitely not Mari. That's for damn sure. No, it ain't, <laughs> no, ain't, ain't Mari. Uh, it was the Ed Solomon show. 
Yeah, it might have been the Ed, Su Ed, Su Ed Sullivan, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So when he called me off stage and he was like, hey, I want to make you a door guy. I want, I want you to work here and, you know, you can, you can learn and you can be performing with the biggest comedians in the world. So that moment realized like, yo, I can do this. It's, I can, I, it, it, it made me feel like, yo, I can do mainstream and I can do, you know, the other circuit. You know, I can do both. So that made me feel good that I can make everybody laugh. I can make black people laugh, white people laugh, Asian people laugh. So that let me know I'm doing something right. Man, that that's super cool, man. That's a really, really cool way. I look, really cool story. A real, really cool way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. um, mate, I watch what you do. You work harder than most comics I know, man. You're one of the hardest working guys running around. How do you how do you hone your craft? Are you an open mic guy, or do you practice in other ways? Yo, you know what? I'm I'm an open mic guy, but then it got to a point. I, it's this spot called Marty's. Was you you wasn't here for Marty's? You heard about it, right? No, I've never heard of Marty's, mate. Marty's, oh man, Marty's is is like, it's Marty's was a gym that all the comedians went to. All the big, almost all the big comedians that's now went to Marty's, and Marty's had Marty had about like three rooms. He had the main room, he had the back room, and he had the outside room. And it got to a point, I used to go to Marty's every day. I used to go to Ha Ha, shout out to the Ha Ha Comedy Club every day. I did all the open mics in LA. I was so determined to find my voice. It wasn't, a, I don't think it was an open mic that went on in LA that I, that I didn't hit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I would do all the open mics, and then it got to a point where I'll go to Marty's, and I go in the back room and I'll be by myself and I don't need nobody in there. And I, I'll just be going for it, going for it. And people will come in the back room and they would thought it would be a sold out show, but it would be just me in there working my material out. Yeah. I realized cause you're, you're a very high energy comic. And mm -hmm. I think in order to have that delivery, you need to practice that uh, delivery a lot in that scenario, because obviously the way the microphone handles your voice has a lot to do with, what people actually hear right and but you know what? I, I think i'm a uh, i'm a high energy guy but also sometimes i i'm very low too what's your favorite place to perform um oh, do you shit. have a favorite spot a favorite stage uh, a favorite stage man i don't man i had some good moments man i i don't have a favorite stage I just, I just love, I, I just love when we, when it's hitting. I just love when it's like, uh, you know, so a lot of the, a lot of the shows in LA, like the comedy store, there been times I was on that main room and it was amazing. But then I do the original room, I'm like, oh my God, this is even better. So, or I'm at the, <laughs> or I'm at the comedy union and some nights I get on that stage, like, oh, this is amazing. Or I'm at the J spot. So I think it just depends on the moments of the shows, man. Well, okay then. So we can't isolate which one you like because you're a man of the people and like everything. I like, yeah, the Laugh what, Factory. What have, what has been your nightmare gig? You've got to have a bad, there has to be a bad story. There has to be a nightmare somewhere. Where is your nightmare show? A nightmare show. Uh, I had a show. Did I ever have a nightmare show? Nightmare show. I'm gonna be. I'm being honest. Man, I had one. I had one in the rain. I did a show. 
I did. What else was a show? It was my open mic in a rain at the at the improv at the lab, where we all stood in the rain for fucking sixty five minutes before we went in the joint. And I and I'm like, oh, everybody's in there just soaked wet. It smells fucking horrible in there because everybody's just saturated. None of these comedians have wet weather gear. Everybody's got that one right. fucking jacket, and it's, I, a, and it's I, not I, I, a hoodie. <laughs> and a hoodie that none of it's waterproof. And thirteen people in a row bomb, and I mean right. bomb hard. And I'm like. I'm up number 14. I'm like, I'm going to teach these fucking people something tonight. I'm going to get out here and I'm going to crush this shit. Right, right. And I get out there and I bomb harder than anybody's ever bombed their entire life. It's fucking mm. crickets. I actually had to put my head under the light right. to see if there was people still in the fucking room because I thought they might have left. Like when I bomb, when I bomb, I always take it as a learning experience. So... Yeah, I, n- I never had a nightmare of, of doing a comedy. I don't look at it as a nightmare. I just, I look at it, I'm like, yo, this was a bad set. And I'm, I'm trying to break it down, what went wrong. So it's so even when I do bad, it's always like an educational, uh, I'm, I'm, it's like it's time to go back and study and pick out what I could have did different. That's a really cool way to look at it, mate. Um, yeah, for someone coming through, that's for definitely sure. Yeah, don't. Embrace the and basically embrace the. Yeah, ball. yeah. It's like I'm I'm embracing. It's like all right. What can I do different? Oh, I didn't do this. I do. so basically, it's just like it's still it's an education. I feel like I'm always in school with comedy because I need to know what didn't work. It's funny you should mention comedy school. Do you? Is there any mentors in your career? Anybody that's helped you come along um, in your in your stand up career? Uh. People that gave me confidence to keep going was uh, Bill Bellamy. Bill Bellamy, you know, he was one of the first big guys that like took me on a, took me on a road with him to open up. Uh, what I what I would do is I would study Richard Pryor and and I will like watch because I'm a I'm a fan of comedy. I will I will watch Richard Pryor and right. and I will watch uh, George Carlin. You know, I will watch uh, uh, a lot. A lot of those comedians, uh, Joan Rivers, and when I look at their mechanics and I see what they're doing, so that right there will just it just give me something, man, to know what what greatness is. That's cool, man. That that that's a really really cool. It, cool like I watch the greats to under to get the standards, man, and it, it's it's a standard, bro. And I noticed. You're mentioning comics across all demographics. So I saw when you when you we started the interview, you were like, "I want to be able to appeal to black black crowds, Asian crowds, white crowds. Basically, have your material hit at every level." Exactly. Um, that's a that's a really 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 good way of looking at it. Right, right. It's it's because I love every I love I love comedy, man. Even you, white, black, Asian, Mexican. Like I, I love. I want to hear because I'm a student. I'm even though I'm a comedian, but I'm also a student of the game. I, I want to hear what you got to say. I want to see how you how you switch that story up and bring it all together. Like, so I think that helped me being at the comedy store because I got to watch the Russell Peters and the, the Anthony Justin Links. I, I uh, uh, you know, I got to watch uh, the, you know the Jeff Garlands and 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 the Joe Rogans and see different styles of comedy. That's that's really. How has your stand-up comedy has it has it helped your acting going forward? I know I know acting is a big focus for you. Have you found that your experience on the stage has helped your acting? Uh, 
I think it depends on like like it helped me. Comedy helped me because it you know it's improvisation. You know sometimes you just go for it and and you can really you know be. But since I've been doing stand up comedy, I haven't really been that committed to my acting. I, I really, I really have, and a lot of people don't know. Like, I graduated. I went to uh, Stella Adler. Okay. You know, and, and so a lot of people know. I really, I really uh, got into the theater real heavy. So the acting kind of like the drama kind of come easy for me. But since I've been doing stand up comedy, I haven't really been focused. I've been focusing on studying and getting this one hour special going. So when you when you're trying to write. An hour. An hour is going to be a ton of material. What is? What sort of? Do you have? Do you set aside time in a day to write, or are you one of those guys who carries around a notebook everywhere and we're writing twenty four seven? I'm that person that carried a notebook, but today we don't have the notebook no more. We have in the cell phones. So the cell phone is like the notebook, you know. So I'm all any wherever I'm at. I could be in a car. I can be, I can be in the tub. I can, I can be, you know, uh, and with a girl. No matter where I'm at, if something funny come, I was to have something funny come to my mind. I gotta put it in my notes. So, if anything ever happens to me, Dan, get my phone and just tell phone everything. Phone. Just tell everything and all my screenshots, all all my sticky notes. I listen. I I'm kind of like. Uh, I want to say like George Carlin because George Carlin, he said he got, he had like notes of notes of notes. He got a vault of, he just got a vault of, of see, what I, see what I mean? See that? That's how my cell phone is. It's, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Mate, I had, um, I used to write down bits in in uh, text messages that I would never reply to like you, when you get I, I got a text message from a weed a weed place telling me there was 10% off joints right, today. right and I'm writing in an idea and it was about some some Ukrainian hookers in Dubai or something like that I'd ran into and I accidentally right. hit send and sent oh. it back to the weed place <laughs> and I'm like what the fuck are they thinking right now because the whole, the whole bit was about making an amateur porn with two Ukrainian hookers in Dubai <laughs> I'm like, well, time to buy weed somewhere else now because I can't go back here anymore. <laughs> I'm that fucking guy. So, so you're a you're a cell phone guy. Are, are you more an obs- You get your comedy from observations or past experiences? Uh, uh both, both. It just, it, it just depends on how it comes to my brain. You know, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, yeah. But writing it down is essential straight away. I mean, I've got I've got a brain like a sieve. If I think of something, and ten minutes later I'll have forgotten it. And wow. it sucks, sucks horrible, man. Yeah, and, and, and isn't don't you hate when you when you say you're gonna do it and then you don't do it and then you forget what it was supposed to be? I'm like, damn, it was a joke that I had. <laughs> I should have put it in my damn. Damn, what happened? Mate, it drove me it drove me insane when I first came out here, and I realized I I got a, I got notepads fucking everywhere i've got anywhere i could write down anything at any point of the day i've got something lined out right um so during the pandemic obviously that slowed things up a little bit how have you been keeping yourself on point during the pandemic on point and which way what you mean well how you been keeping your your not losing your edge your comedy edge but so to speak have you have you been able to do 
Did you do any uh, Zoom Zoom comedy or any of that stuff? Or you know, uh, smoking a lot of weed. I think that that's where the funny. <laughs> that's why I stay funny. I I can't lie. I can't lie. If, listen, if I I'm I'm a new weed smoker, and I'm gonna tell you something. If <laughs> if 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 I wasn't smoking weed during this damn whole pandemic, I, I probably I would have been a pastor or something like that. I I. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't stay as an artist. Come on, man. <laughs> I needed some kind of outlet, man. Like, you know, I'm like, damn, I need so smoking and, and listening to music, playing my guitar, uh, you know, talking to a couple people on the phone here and there, you know. That's that's pretty that, that's pretty much it. That's how I kind of keep keep it going. So but it been, you- it, it's hard. So you said you've been able to do some performing in some of the states that have been opened up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, where have you where have you done shows, and what have you thought of the audiences post pandemic? Has people have people changed? Is is it harder, or what's it like? Uh, I went to Atlanta, and I've been there a few times before, but it's like, well, it's different, man. You know, because like when Atlanta is predominantly you know black African Americans, so. Going there when I when I got there and I'm like, it's the, it's kind of Atlanta Atlanta is different man it's the South and I'm not from the South and the South is kind of like everything is big big wow loud it's kind of big and right in your face and uh, LA is more subtle laid back it depends on where you at you know uh, if you're in the hood out here you got to bring it some time but it's still a laid back kind of ordinance so when I went to Atlanta this year. That's it. Out of three shows I've done, I did three shows. I got two out of one. That's not bad, you know. Two out of one. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's, that's fine. That's a good. That's a good ratio, mate. Right. Right. So the first show was cool. Second show was cool. But that third show, it was a different kind of energy, man. And it wasn't like a comedy club. It was like a bar club. It was like it was a bar. They had two DJs playing. <laughs> I ain't lie, you got DJ on the left side and the DJ on the right side, and they playing different fucking songs. And then you got an audience there. Then you got like two bars. You got they can get up and go to the bar here and get. So you got a lot going on. Then you got the stage right there, and you got to make everybody laugh. So when I got up there, it was, it was. It was my first time at that club, it, and it was a different transition. That shit was tough. I kind of quiet everybody down, and I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> you just walk up and go, "Shut the fuck up!" I'm trying right, to talk. Right. I was like, I like, I was, I walked those stairs like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the thing to do, and everybody was just looking at me like, "Nigga, what the fuck is you doing?" And 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 I just got on stage after a girl that was doing all these dance routines. She was doing all these dance routines <laughs> and shit. She was twerking and shit, shaking her ass, and she was doing all this twerk, 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 twerk. And she had a big old booty too. I was like, damn. So people was looking at her booty. They was listening to the music, and then I got on stage. And was like, shh, shh. <laughs> black folks about to kill me. People, so, forgot that, people forgot there was a comedy show in the middle. I thought there was just dances. That was it. Right, oh, okay, cool. right. It was crazy. And so, but when I got on stage, man, I ain't do good that night. And, and 
the host the host got on stage and she tore my ass up. <laughs> but that comes with the game, man. So I just I love comedy, man. I love it all, man. What's well, cool? That's a that's a fun part about. A fun part about a bad gig is a bad gig invariably becomes material for a good gig. Right. Yeah, everybody wants to know about where you where you just took a massive shit one day and you just like ate, right. you basically just ate shit on stage and you're like, oh, but I can tell someone else else about that another time. Man, that motherfucker light. Well, I was so happy. I was happy to see that light. Y'all been so happy to see the light. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I, I had a show once where I begged for it. I'm like, please fucking light me. Light right. me. Come on, light right. me. I'm out man. of shit. Man, I swear to God, that light looked like the cops. I said, come on. Thank you. <laughs> Rescue me off this motherfucking stage, man. I've been waiting to get the... I've, I've been, you ever do so bad that you just wait? I can't wait. I can't wait to leave y'all because I know I'm doing bad. <laughs> what, what sucks, I think, is when, when you do bad on the first mic of the night. And you're going to do three or four. And you're like, oh, shit. I was right. going to use this at all four of these fucking You're not going to come up with a whole new... Because that was that catastrophically fucking horrible. One thing I wish... I wish... You know, well, everything happened for a reason. But I really wish that I had... Knew about New York City. Because I started doing stand-up comedy in 2008 in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer. I, well, I would say late bloomer, but, you know, God's timing is the best timing. That's number one. But I wish I would have knew more about New York City comedy scene while I was living in Philadelphia because I would have spent more time in New York to take all my bumps and bruises. And then I would have came to L.A. Yeah, that's where I'm screwed, man. I'm I, late bloomer. I'm 44, dude. I only started comedy two years ago. Right. No, but you, but you got a lot of experience, though. So it's not that you're a late bloomer. You know, you you got 44 years of experience of life to talk about. So that's kind of the way I'm going. That's what I'm going for, man. Is taking a good 22 years of bad decisions and putting them on stage. And <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a walking See? cautionary tale, mate. That's it right there, man. And, and, that, and you're the only one that's going to bring uh, humor to that, bro. And, that, and that's the beauty of it, man. That's why I love Kevin Hart so much when he talk about, you know, laugh at my pain. It, it's, so, it's so real. It's so real. Well, yeah, it's so much easier to remember stuff like that, too, because all I need when – when I'm doing stories, all you need really is just one word to remind you of that story. So you can write down five words for an entire set. Provided it happened and it's real, you'll never forget it. Mm, uh, right. when, I, when I try and write jokes, I'm useless as shit because then I I'll forget something in the middle of it. But if it happened to me, I'm on. Um, I've got that together in that way. Now, 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 have do you perform in front of uh, you know uh, black audience? Uh, I haven't yet. That should be interesting with my accent. That should be that that should be fun. Uh, should and, be fun. And, and and I believe you'll you'll do good too, man. Because one thing I say about a lot of my white friends, comedians, um, a lot of the white comics, you know. It's best to perform not just for white audience, but perform for black audience too. So you can, so you can. I know a lot of white white comedians is afraid to do that, you know. Yeah. But man, and and vice versa, there's a lot of black comedians that that that's afraid to perform in front of white white audience. It's it's but 
it brings so much to comedy, man. You 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 learn so much, man. So yeah, get out there, man, and and try to hit up the comedy union and the J spot. You know when those when they when they open up, man, because it's nothing like making everybody laugh, no matter. Oh, yeah. No, I I can't wait to do that. I'll def I'll definitely take that advice, mate. For Don't sure. be scared. Just go ahead and do it. Man, I I used to work hip hop clubs, man, as a white bouncer. Not scared. Oh, oh so you already <laughs> know. No, not scared that way, but you know. Yeah. No. Uh, that's the thing. It's you've got to. This is the kind of this is the kind of field where you have to embrace the possibility of failure. I mean, it has, like you said before, it is a learning opportunity. Every time it doesn't go right tweak it make it better get it done get it done better, better the next time right so what sort of support structure do you have your family are behind your career in, in, in comedy are they how important is that man my family as that's a whole nother story man nobody uh comedy for me my support system is i got a couple couple a couple friends that you know that support me but it's, it's all it's all on me, man. I got I got some friends, you know, back in Philly that support me, and you know, they don't really say it, but I know they support me. But it's it's all on me. I just I love it. So even if someone gonna support me or not, because I love stand up comedy, and I love the craft of stand up comedy, I'm I'm always gonna do it. That's awesome, man. That really is an awesome way of looking at it. I found. I found a lot of people who've told me that this is a bad idea were people who who wanted to do it themselves at some point and just discounted the fact and said, no, that can't be done. And you're like, well, yeah, the odds, the odds are hard. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard slog, but yeah, if you love it, you should be able to do anything you want. Exactly. You love it, man. And you know what you want out of it. And if you love it, it don't matter what nobody think, you know, it, it doesn't matter. So mate, Here's a question. Mm -hmm. If you could talk to Lionel in 2010, what advice would you give yourself? Stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> you got me? You heard me? <laughs> stay in school? Stay in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, stay in school. What else? Uh, be more patient. Uh, yeah, stay in school, be more patient, and, 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 you know, think before you speak. Think before you speak, and, and, and to know that everybody else, everybody, everybody going through something. Yeah, that's. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't just about you. It, it's, it's, we all, we all going through something. So, yeah, just be more patient with, with life. Yeah, em empathy is one of those things that I think this country could use a little bit more of occasionally. We just, we're, uh, unfortunately, sometimes we're just too much in our own, in our own even... fucking, in our own fucking bubble. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, it certainly, it certainly appears lately. It's been, it's been that way where people are just like, "Fuck everybody else." It's all about me. And you're right. If you can make right. it, more, if you can make, LA, if you can LA, make LA, what you're LA, doing LA, collectively, LA, LA definitely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But if you can make it, I think if you can make it what you're doing more, as inclusive as possible to as many people around you, I mean, yeah, you, you can't lose right. in that respect. So, mate, where are you working on an hour right now? 
Yeah. Have you got anywhere planned where you'd like to do that? Or are you still working on? Uh, well, yeah, out? well, man, my boys, we came together. They said we we're going to do it and uh, we want to do it in Philly. So I think that's going to be, that's going to be. That is not, dope as hell. You know, yeah, yeah, they said, they're saying Philly, you know, but we'll see. That's some cool stuff, man. That's the, that's the way to go, man. So right now, uh, what comics inspire you? Uh, who do you who do you watch to learn off? I know you mentioned Pryor before, and Garland and some other guys like that, and Bill and Bill Bill Bellamy. Are right. there anybody? Is there anybody rising through right now that that you're really uh, really looking at? Uh, our first first, I want to say uh, rest in peace to my to my buddy uh, Eric Myers. Yeah, Eric that's, is Eric is amazing, man. That that that's one guy that. I had an opportunity to meet and talk to and, and build, you know, a cool, cool friendship, you know. And when I first see him perform, I was like, holy shit, this man is amazing. And I had an opportunity to, you know, hang out with him for a little bit or whatever, whatever. But yeah, you know, he's one he one he's one of the guys I, I, I will watch. Uh Tracy Morgan. Oh man. Tracy Morgan. <laughs> I love Tracy Morgan, man, because he's he, he's so honest and he don't he he just he just he just don't care. He he he, he leave it all on stage. And I, I'm I'm working I'm working towards that just to try to leave it all on stage, man, and just just develop and not worry. And when I see how Tracy Morgan really come up with those characters of his life, man, it's, it's so amazing how just to sit and watch him. So I watch Tracy Morgan. Uh, who else? Uh, I like I like uh, Anthony uh, Jesselink. I like how he he just don't care. Not say he don't care. He just you know he's just so clever. Uh, so, so many like I watch so much. I watch, I think I watched everything on Richard Pryor. I watched everything on Eddie Murphy. Uh, uh, Kevin Hart, you know, I give Kevin Hart his props, man, because just watching his last special, you know, I got a lot of information off watching the watching him. Uh, who else, man? Who else? Uh, <laughs> but I think yeah, you're right. I think you're right. Part, yeah. elimin- I think once you see a comedy, a comedian, eliminate the fear, and all all you see on stage then <sighs> is how much he loves what he's doing. Man, I mean, it's, it's it, that's that, amazing, that's the goal. Bro. That's when you that's when you can do anything you want. Oh. Yeah, that's amazing. And I remember, yeah, that's amazing, man. And I remember uh, Tracy Morgan telling me at the comedy store where you worked, I mean, the Laugh Factory where you worked at. And he t- he talked to me for like at least 15 minutes, man, just me and him. And it, w- it was a precious moment. He talked to me like he like he knew me, man, like we met before. And, that w- and, I- and it was so amazing how he told me, he said, when you love comedy, that's when she gonna love you back. And it was just... Man, I can go on and on and on. But, yeah, Tracy Morgan is one of the guys that I, I, I look up to in this game. That's really cool, man. I will tell you that, uh, and I'm sure you'll agree, from working at those places, that was the coolest thing. That's the coolest thing for me, working at the Laugh Factory, is seeing right. how people process before they go on stage, after they come off stage, and just just learning just while someone's drinking, having a drink or something like that. Uh, just learning those little two-minute conversations, those little two minutes of advice are fantastic. So and and what, was so, 
what was so crazy was you you working at the Laugh Factory, man. I was kind of I was like, hold up, man. Is he, why, why is this security guard always smiling, man? Why he's so happy? He supposed to be mean at the door. Like this this I said, see, I didn't know you was a comedian. I'm like, why is this comedian always down smiling? Any security? And then I realized then when I seen you before, I said, oh, he a comedian, he's funny as shit. I'm like, all right, cool. Because, you know, some comedians, you walk up to the Laugh Factory, they be like, they be well, mean. Well, they were mean as hell before me. That was the thing. But here's the thing. Back in Houston, where I worked as a bouncer for 15 years, I right. had a reputation as being mean and grumpy and shitty as hell. So Wow, get out oh, of here. Yeah, but I worked some pretty, high, some pretty hardcore front doors where you had to wow. basically give that kind of vibe off. I, I don't get that from you, man. That's crazy. He's a good actor, man. But it's funny, man. The first two months I worked at the Laugh Factory, the only person who knew I was a comic was Jay Davis, who hired me. No oh, one, shout out, to, no Jay, one shout out no. to Jay Davis, man. Jay Davis is another amazing guy. Shout out to Jay yeah. Davis. Man. So no one there knew I was a comedian until I booked my first show at Flappers. I, I would just sit there and everybody thought I was the bouncer. So all these, comedi all these comedians kept talking to me and kept talking to me and kept talking to me. And I'm like, just learn, 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 learn. And then when I finally, finally, oh, I'm not going to be here Friday night. What are you doing? I'm going up at Flappers. And they're like, you're a comic? And I'm like, yeah. Because right. what I was doing is I changed things up over there. The comedians used to always just walk past the front door and go, I'm a comic. Let me in. I'm a comic. Just wave past. I'm like, no, no, no. Not while I'm standing here. Every time I walked up, I'd stand in the gap. Oh, I'm a comic. I'm Dan. Nice to meet you. And shake your right, hand. Right, right, and they're right. like, now, now we're friends. Now I know you. You're not going to walk past me like that. They're not going to give me the yeah, wave yeah, on the yeah, way yeah, past. Like, yeah, I'm a comic too. Yeah, I'm going to engage you and go, hi, how you doing? I'm Dan. Honestly, right. give a shit who you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, and shout out to Flappers too. Now, now, Flappers, I forgot about Flappers, man. My fault. Shout out to Flappers. Flappers, I perform there. Man, shout out to Flappers. I perform there so, I did so many open mics there, man. And shout out to my man Richie Lies, man. Richie, man, he's the he used to be a booker at Flappers, and he, and and I perform at Flappers a lot. So the Yoohoo room, the main room, man, like Flappers, Flappers was like that was actually Flappers is the first, the first time I ever got booked for comedy. It, I love how they Thank do you. it. I Thank love you. how they do it. Don't it feel so good when they sing you and you got to click and 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 like. If, don't it feels good? Make it's so professional. You don't get paid shit, but it looks good. You're like, you know what? It's a, you're like, I'm, I'm clicking a booking contract. This is awesome. And you look at the bottom. Yeah. How much do I get paid? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so happy when I be when I first. I like look. This is my first show. Oh my god! And look how professional this is. Uh, we want your avails. We want your dates. And. When I tell you that strategy, I love flappers for that strategy because it it is it inspire you. Oh yeah. It inspires oh, the comedian to like, yo, motherfucker, I got a real show. I got a real show. Can you cuss my Yes, you can cuss all you like, man. Go like, I got a real show, bitch. You mean you be you be wanting to call back home? Look at this motherfucker. This is flappers. I got a real show. All y'all said I wasn't going to make it. Look at this. Lionel Dalton. Look at this. And I'm with some heavy hitters. <laughs> I'm with some heavy hitters. So what is the you who room? But I'm in it. This is you. Matter of fact, the room is sponsored by you who. <laughs> dude, dude my, my first show up there, I was in the you who room and Jim right. Jeffries, Jim Jeffries was on the main room. Jim Jeffries, I said, see what I, I mean? Said, 
I said, I am dollar store Jim Jeffries tonight. This is what you get for a buck. You get this Australian. This is the cheap man. version. Right, right, right. So, uh, man, shout out to Flappers, man. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, the, lady, oh up there, the lady, up there, lady up there who runs it, I've forgotten her name right now. She was standing between the two rooms. She said, it was so confusing. I could hear two Australian accents going at once. And right. I couldn't tell where no. it was coming from. Man, I forgot, man, you know, because it's so far in Burbank that you kind of forget because you so, you do it so far. But, man, I had some, man, listen, I swear to God. And then, you know, one thing about Flappers, they record every show, bro. Mm -hmm. Every show is, so every beginner show that I've done, if you, I can go to Flappers and get those tapes. And when I tell you, it's some bad, it's some bad tapes. <laughs> if anybody ever gets those tapes at Flappers, oh my God. <laughs> One time I started singing on stage. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. man. Oh, I love Flappers, man. Oh, mate. That's the way to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's almost as far as driving the, the bloody ice house out to Pasadena. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I done an ice house. Uh, I used. I did an ice house when I first started too, but I wasn't driving out there. Uh, that was too far. Dude, when I was living in the car, right, I slept out in Pasadena a couple of days in my car when I drove out there. Do the mic, go crash in the car in, in the street. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that was when my uh, that was when my sunroof didn't close. I I had, when I lived in the car for two of the months, my sunroof was broken. Oh. And oh yeah, that, yeah you 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 know where you make pay attention to where you park when you have an open sunroof at all times. You gotta, Look, park, you gotta park your car on a hill so no one can see it's open. Otherwise, so I can see it. Okay, so I can see. Crackers will dive in, man, and go go for it. Man, at least you had a car though. I took the bus to to, uh, to the, uh, the ice house. <laughs> How long the did that take? Like three three weeks to get there, or what? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's and and it, and it was just a. I took the bus to the ice house for audition. Oh wow, wow man! Did you get it? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I came back. I got the audition, and and that was another one of my first show. Uh, I think what was his name, man? He just passed away too. I forgot his name, man. He was a really good guy. Damn, I get his name, man. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a good show, man. Well, shit, Lionel. So, if you had to give anybody advice right now who was gonna, who wanted to move up from doing online comedy, who discovered comedy during the pandemic, and they were the only thing they've done is Zoom, and now they're gonna go on stage, what piece of advice would you give that person? Uh, make sure you you know stay in the gym, get in the gym. Uh, try to stay away from big stages. Well, well, because it's different, you know, until you're really ready, you know. But nowadays, is sometimes that don't even matter now because you, you can be an Instagram sensation and never did stand up day of your life on stage. And because you got a bunch of followers and because you have, uh, you know, you got that, you know, you got that, that uh, the Instagram popping with all the funny videos, they don't care. They just want you to, they just want you to, they just want you to sell out. Yeah. Well, so, my, you know, sell, sell the shows out. So if you can do all that, then you can go in there and just do some stand-up. Well, mate, thank you for coming to the Verbal Gym today and <laughs> chatting with me. Where can people find your comedy? Where can people find Lionel Dalton? Uh, 
Lionel Dalton. That's my I'm on my Instagram, my Facebook, <laughs> is just my name. <laughs> Lionel Dalton, man. I'm just yeah, I'm just having a good time. Man. Actually, I'm 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 a skater now, man. I be skating, bro. I'm, what, like, I'm skate, skating. like skate skateboarding. Roller skating. Uh, roller, roller skating, like old yeah, school. Look, not not like blades, like oh, like old real school. old school. You look on my Instagram. I'm rolling, man. I'm I'm a man. I be at the beach, man. I'm man. Listen here, man. I'm doing some white shit now, man. I man. I think. I some white stuff is in me, man. I'm telling you, I'm at the beach. I'm at the beach. I can't roller skate. I got a big ass. If I get on roller skates, I fall on my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a professional, man. I'll be at the beach skating, looking at the water. I see why y'all be at the water so damn much, man. It's beautiful out there. Man, I'm skating. I'm looking at the waves. man. Yo, I, I think I'm almost getting ready to go surfing. I'm uh, nah, nah, nah. Oh. I, ain't, I ain't doing that yet. Nah. <laughs> That's nah. too white. Uh, nah, I, I, man. I, I ran into a shark scuba diving once. You'll never see me surfing and you'll never see me scuba diving again. I ran into a shark about the size of a small car. Came past my head. Serious? About 10 feet past my head, mate. So, yeah, diving. Yeah, scuba diving. Yeah, big shark came straight past my head, mate. I I drank a whole, I did a whole oxygen bottle in about eight minutes flat, trying to get up to the top. I was wow. 60, 60 feet down the bottom, man. No, oh my God. no more done. I've, if I can't touch the bottom, fuck off. I'm not going out there. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I ain't mess with that water, man. I'm good. I'm gonna stick with the skates. <laughs> I ride mate, past the water. I ain't get in. Mate, that's the way to do it. Well, I'll let you enjoy your dinner. And man. I'm going to get back to it, man. Lionel Dalton, thank you for stopping by the Verbal Gym. You've been awesome, buddy. Man, thanks for having me, man. You're amazing, Dan. Anytime, man. I'm, I'm with you, brother. Keep it, keep it going, man. Let's go. Let's go. Cheers, mate. Cheers.